Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Hello. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Last Friday, I was asked to record a video message for a high school here in Colorado for the students of high school. So I thought for this episode, I would share the audio from that video message. Now, this is a message for students, but I I hope you find it helpful. And if your youth, your, your, your adolescent is interested in listening to it, that'd be great. I hope uh, that parents can take something from this. Um, And if, you know, if your kid is willing to listen to it, cool. I wouldn't force them to listen to it. Um, But if they're willing, great. I hope it's helpful. Again, this is a message that I was giving to high school students just a, a few days ago. So again, while this isn't directed towards parents, I I hope you find it helpful. Okay, here we go. My name is Nick Thompson, and I'm a counselor in Boulder, Colorado. I work mainly with high school students and college students. Now, I I understand you don't know me. So many of you are probably like, what what are we doing? What is this guy? What is this about? So I understand and will appreciate any level of attention that you give to this. So I'll start with that. And... Additionally, I want to share that I'm going to try to avoid some of the standard cliches that are are whirling around currently. So I'm going to try to avoid the whole like uh, cheer up stuff. Do my best on that. Not to do that. Not going to do the whole look on the bright side thing. I never found that too helpful. Um, Maybe you do, but I'm going to avoid it. What do we got next? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yeah. Thought about that? When I think about that, I go, and then what? What do I do with the lemonade? Who who am I supposed to sell that to? Okay. And finally, try not to do much of the, hey guys, hang in there. So that's what I'm going to try to avoid. I was thinking about what should I say? You don't know me. And I was thinking about myself and most people really don't like getting advice from someone they don't know. Usually we don't like getting advice from people that we know. So I'm going to do my best not to give you advice. But what am I going to do this time? I thought, well, I'm I'm still working with high school and college students. And some of them are doing really well. So I wanted to ask the students that are doing really well, why are they doing well? What's going on? What are they doing? And they were willing to share. So this will be the things that some college students, some high school students are doing. That seems to be helping. After I share it, I may add a little bit in there about why it works, maybe some research, a little brain science, who knows. I hope one or more of these is helpful. Okay, these are each from a different student, and they were provided in the last week. All right, first student. I got tired of just doing only the stuff that is being shoved down my throat on a daily basis, so I've been trying to do something different each day. I'm mixing it up. Yeah. It's a good idea. Mixing it up. It's amazing how doing the same thing day in, day out gets old real quick. 
it sounded like a good idea. Just there's lots of free time. But uh, it, it turns out that, yeah, we need some variation. We do need to mix it up. This young man uh, found an old uh, lawnmower in the shed and is taking it apart and putting it back together, finding uh, joy in that. So if you have an old mower, something to think about. What's next? Different student. I've been getting out of bed when I wake up. Yeah, it's an idea. It's a choice. Uh, Why that's helpful is because so many people, not just students, are currently not getting out of bed when they wake up. They're just jumping on their phone, uh, watching TV, uh, playing video games, doing whatever from bed. And what this student has found out that it's actually helpful to to get out of bed to start those things. Something to think about. What's next? I'm not doing my homework in the same place that I watch Netflix and sleep. Imagine that's a bed. So, yeah. Why that can be useful is because of how our minds work. Our minds will prefer whatever the easiest or most pleasurable activity is done in any particular area. Meaning, if you do your homework, your, your class, uh, you, could, you, you talk with friends, you watch YouTube videos, listen to music, sleep, nap, and eat all in the same place. Well, the mind, as you're trying to do something a little more difficult that requires a little more focus and a a productive energy, the mind will uh, constantly be kind of like nudging you and poking you like, hey, what are you, what are we doing? What? This is where we nap. This is where we uh, watch YouTube videos. Why Why don't we do that? So this can be effective. And the idea is to have designated spaces for different things. So creating a, a sacred study space, a space where you're just productive so that when you sit in that space, the mind goes, okay, got it. This is where we're productive. What's next? I've gotten back to the basics of focusing on sleep, eating well, and exercise. Seems to be helpful for people. Focusing on physical wellness. When I meet with uh, every person I meet with on a weekly basis, we start our conversation by checking in with our score. Score stands for sleep, consumption, outdoors, relationships, and exercise. And we both do it. And we just check in where we're at on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the best, where are we at in each one of these categories? I think they're all pretty self-explanatory, but maybe the consumption, that's about, you know, nutrition. And if somebody's like, you know, uh, taking in too many substances, talking about that as well. Something to think about. And the physical wellness thing can be so important because I've never met somebody who's, who's focused on getting better sleep and eating better and, and spending more time outside and spending time with good people and exercising more who hasn't felt significantly different in a short period of time. Okay, what's next? I've been really getting into podcasts. Great idea. A lot of good stuff out there. Engage the mind. What's? I didn't have a routine for the first month of this, and I fell apart. So I created one. I like that. And I think it's important. The idea of no structure and no routine sounds like a good idea, but what we find quickly is it doesn't go very well. Now, we don't need our whole day structured and just filled with 
habitual uh, routines and rituals, but we do need some structure. We do need some routine. So maybe routine has been put into place by your school or your parents or whatever, but you know, it's just an idea that you could create some routine for yourself. And the thing about routines is they're usually easiest to put into place in the morning uh, or the first third of the day, as opposed to the last third of the day, because it's easier to like, like be self-disciplined kind of in a, in a focused way and then loosen up as the day goes along. It's more difficult usually to kind of start out relaxed, unstructured, and then try to crank up the structure, the routine at the end of the day. Just an idea. Next student. I have online classes, so I do a lap around my house in between classes. When I'm doing homework, I set a reminder to take a break, and I do another lap around the house. Interesting idea. The thing about school is the breaks were built in. Like a bell would go off, or maybe you don't have a bell. But something would happen, and you would get up, move, and go to a different space on like a routine schedule. Maybe it's 50 minutes, maybe it's 90 minutes. I don't know how long your classes are. But it was built in, movement, break. And oftentimes you'd socialize during that period. And I'm talking to students who are spending hours on end, isolated, just staring at a screen, not taking a break from homework or from whatever it is that they're doing. So breaks can be a great idea and getting outside and moving can be uh, incorporated into that. What's next? This sucks, but I recently got into the now what portion of this quarantine. I think we can all agree this sucks, but a few weeks ago, I had the thought that it's probably a good idea to figure out what I'm going to do with this time. Maybe you're still in the this sucks portion just there. And by the way, this student isn't like disregarding that it sucks. Uh, I guess they just decided that they're moving into a now what portion, which is, all right, what am I going to do with this time? I don't have control over the cancellation of all this stuff. So what am I going to do? Now what? What's next? I've been thinking less and doing more. Yeah. My opinion, we've had way too much time recently to just think. Boredom, uh, levels of boredom that we're reaching, I think, are higher than ever. And thinking too much does not go well. It just doesn't. What usually happens is we, we like to time travel. The mind likes to time travel, you know, often into the future. And when it starts thinking about the future, what it finds is uncertainty. And uncertainty equals fear. So if I think too much, I'm going to encounter some flavor of fear. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's panic, total freak out, uh, stress, paranoia. So that's what minds do when they think too much. We really do need to take a break from the thinking. It, it's really helpful. So I've been talking to students about this and kind of what we've come up with is currently there's a lot of big thinking about the future. So big thinking future. And again, the future is littered with uncertainty. So we know how that will go. It doesn't go well. So what is the opposite of big thinking future? Well, small doing now. And a student I was working with came up with this and how helpful it has been for him to catch himself big thinking future or big thinking past and going, oh, I know this one. This isn't helpful. So I got to take a break from that. 
step off the, the, the momentum of that thinking train and get into some small action now. And why that works is there's more certainty in the now than there is in the future. And you may say there's bunches, bunches, loads of uncertainty right now. And yeah, I get that. But the kind of the now of like what's going on this moment in this room and checking in with that. So instead of sitting here and just, you know, freaking out about my future, creating some catastrophe that might not ever arrive, catch myself, oh, I'm doing it. Instead, small actions now. I kind of look around, rugs dirty, so I could vacuum that. Um, The shelves behind me are a little disorganized. I could organize those, clean the desk. Now, that will be helpful because I have way more control over vacuuming the rug than I do about uh, six months from now what I'm doing. And it feels good to be in the moment, and it feels good to be in control. We are thinking about focusing on so many things that are out of our control, and therefore, many of us are in high states of stress and anxiety. So just something to think about. Small actions now. What else? I've been doing as much of the same things as I did before this quarantine as I can. I set an alarm, I get up, I shower, I brush my teeth, I get dressed, I put on pants. I didn't wear pants for almost a month. Now I'm putting on pants. Even though I don't have to do most of these things anymore, I've decided to do them because it makes me feel normal. Therefore, I feel better. Yeah. So if you used to wear pants, just an idea. Put on pants. I was talking to a student who was uh, uh, not taking showers or, or, or brushing his teeth or putting on deodorant. Like, why would I do any of that, Nick? Nobody's going to smell my breath or smell my pits in my Zoom class. And I was like, touche. Good point. And brushing your teeth is an essential part of dental hygiene. But the showering and the, and the, uh, and the deodorant, I get it. You don't have to do it. But that's, it's not for them. It's for you. Recreating, simulating as much as we can from what we were doing before we went into quarantine will be helpful for us. So just because you don't have to do it, it's just an idea. Thinking about doing it may be beneficial for you. And maybe you're already doing this and all the things mentioned. Finally, I'm trying to be more grateful. That's, that's next level. You may be sitting there thinking, what? That's uh, irritating. Why would somebody try to be grateful at this time? Or um, what is there to be grateful for? And I'm not telling you you should be grateful. I'm just telling you, you could be grateful and to maybe uh, entice you to practice gratitude. Here's some of the benefits. Gratitude increases happiness by 20, 25% on average. Uh, Increases sleep quality and sleep duration. And it decreases the amount of time it takes to fall asleep. People who practice gratitude exercise 40 minutes more per week on average. Gratitude improves your immune system. It reduces stress and lessens anxiety and depression symptoms. Gratitude boosts energy levels, strengthens relationships, and increases self-esteem. So, this is an idea. It's uh, free and easy, and uh, doesn't take long. You can just think about, write down three things that you're grateful for at the beginning of the day. Think about, write down three things that you're grateful for at the end of the day. Don't have to do it. Just an idea. So those were the things that some of the people I'm working with are doing and uh, how it's helping them. So I'd just like to close by saying, um, 
thank you for this. And, and briefly getting into, I don't need to know you to know that you have lost quite a bit through this process. I talk to students every day and many of them in high school. And I hear about the frustration, the anger, the sadness in, in losing uh, sports seasons and, and recitals and performances and prom and graduation and the parties and the graduation parties. There's been a lot of loss. And because there's been a lot of loss, it's normal, it's understandable if you're going to go through some grief. You may think that's too big of a phrase, too big of a word, but yeah, people are grieving. It's okay to grieve. There's a lot of loss there. I have no clue what it would be like if I, I, when I was a senior, if somebody was like, hey, I'm not playing basketball this year. No prom. Don't get to wear your sweet white tux, Nick. I'd be devastated. Absolutely devastated. So I want to acknowledge without knowing you that you, many of you are experiencing that loss and therefore are experiencing grief. And, and final printout, you may experience the five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And the thing to know about the stages of grief is there's no like set timetable. It's not like you do a week of each. And also, there's no like sequence, prescribed sequence. You can you could be depressed one day and then a few days later be really angry about what's going on. So I wanted to take time to 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 point that out. That that's normal. That's all right. That's a part of the process. And some of you may be like, I'm doing fine. And if you're doing fine, cool. But you're not doing fine. I just hope that that makes sense. If anybody's telling you that you um, should be looking on the bright side and uh, making lemonade or whatever, um, I'm sure their intentions are good, but I also want to validate those things, the anger, sadness, um, and all the difficulties that have come along with this. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.